You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Monday, March 20th. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. The Sitka Sound Sacro herring fishery isn't kicking off just yet. The Alaska Department of Fish and Game has been conducting aerial surveys of fish over the last week in preparation for the fishery, but so far they haven't spotted any spawn or mature roe. During their first aerial survey of Sitka Sound on Monday, they noticed some unusual activity, a large number of whales in the shallow waters east of Cruzoff Island. Speaking with KCAW on Friday, area management biologist Aaron Dupuy said that's much more common toward the end of the month, not at the beginning of spawning season. Pretty exciting couple hours until we got out on the water and we were able to get a test set on those fish to see what they look like, to see if they were uh, mature enough or were maturing enough to put the fishery on two-hour notice. But when the test results came back, uh, it was 0% mature row. So why those fish were there, uh, that's anybody's guess right now. You know, I suspect we had, boy, shoot, that week and a half of beautiful sunny weather. Uh, That might have had something to do with it. Or the whales just carved off a big chunk of the biomass and pushed them up into the shallow waters and were working on them. The department conducted aerial surveys on Tuesday and Wednesday and noticed the whales were pretty much staying in the same area. But by the time they got up in the plane on Friday, the whales had dissipated. Yeah, all those fish that were up on the shallows, there were a few big schools um, in Hayward Strait and off of Interpoint. But by and large, most of those had shifted off into the deep water. So they were down around 60 fathoms. But we did see um, east of the Siganakas, uh, between Lizzie Point and Dog Point, uh, there's a fairly large biomass of fish in that area. And we did get a test sample off those fish today. And it, again, it was 0% mature row. So we still got some time. We got time. Herring predators were still seen along the Cruzoff Island shoreline from Inner Point to Kaminoi Point during aerial surveys on Saturday and Sunday, but humpback whales have begun to be observed between Bealy Rock and McNaughty Island and south of Whale Island. A large concentration of sea lions was observed near Inner Point during both surveys. The fishery won't go on two-hour notice until it looks like the mature herring have separated out from the rest of the population and have an 8 to 9 percent mature row content. Dupuy says that with a 30,000-ton guideline harvest level, there will likely be more herring available than the fleet can catch. That means this year's fishery will likely be non-competitive like the last two years. He estimates that around five processors and 28 or 29 vessels will participate in this year's fishery. The Southeast Alaska Business Competition Path to Prosperity is changing. It's getting a new name and will shift the way it brings entrepreneurial training to participants. Path to Prosperity has been run by the nonprofit organization Spruce Root, which promotes economic development in the region. Over the past decade, the competition has awarded $660,000 to 21 startup businesses all over Southeast Alaska. While most of the program model will remain the same, part of the training will change, as will the cash awards at the end. Instead of two entrepreneurs winning $25,000, the organization will offer three business owners $20,000 grants. The new name of the competition is Business and Balance. Izzy Haywood manages the program for Spruce Root. She spoke with Coast Alaska's Angela Denning about changes. She says training will expand from a three-day intensive boot camp into a nine-week virtual course offered twice a year. By transitioning it to this nine-week format, it gives us a little bit more time and space to really make sure that the entrepreneurs understand the different content, like marketing, business planning, financials, while also 
um, giving us time to incorporate programming around like mental health and resilience, like belief busting and these different activities that we do. So that's that's kind of the goal with the shift. So the time frame has changed. It's now nine weeks, but then those nine weeks will be happening twice a year in the spring and fall. Yeah, well, the timeline of the full competition is still the month's long cycle, kind of the year long cycle where there's a training and then the entrepreneurs write and submit business plans and then submit them to a panel of judges and then receive the awards the following year. So that timeline is still the same. It's just the timing for the training has been expanded. And so instead of we used to do just a super short three day boot camp in Juneau where it's like bam, 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 marketing, business, um, business coaching, mentor speed dating. It's like really fast and really intense, which is like it's a cool way to learn, but it doesn't allow for enough time for the entrepreneurs to really take in the material in a meaningful way. So that part we're expanding out to nine weeks. So that is different than the one cohort per year. Yes. There'll be a spring cohort, a fall cohort, and then anyone who goes through those cohorts who is interested in submitting to the competition, they'll submit a business plan that will be judged at the end of this year, end of 2023, and then three $20,000 awards will be awarded um, in the spring of 2024. You have your two cohorts, and then they're going to be competing together for the prize if they choose. Correct. Yeah. And that way, we're really able to emphasize the training as part of this, not just the award funding. Now, for the overall businesses and applicants involved in the new process, do you think there might be more or less or about the same? That's also the reason why we like split this up into two cohorts instead of the one, because we have seen there's like been so much demand for like entrepreneurship training. And, and you know, in the past versions of this competition, we've gotten 50 applicants, only been able to admit 12 finalists, and then by having two cohorts, we're able to offer this this curriculum to a lot more entrepreneurs in Southeast Alaska. So is there anything else that you would like people to know about the business imbalance or Spruce Root at this point? I think one other thing I'll add is, you know, the title's business imbalance, and it's titled that for a reason. It's because like at Spruce Root, like we've seen a lot of business owners, you know, they start a business because they have a specific dream that they really want to make come true. And they want the flexibility of like running their own business and working for themselves and and all of that. But oftentimes they can get so run down, you know, trying to do it all and trying to like make that business successful that like their life can become unbalanced. And so, you know, we really believe at Spruce Root that, you know, running a business is a lot of hard work. But like in order to do it sustainably, you have to do it in a way that like makes sense for your life and the life goals that you want to achieve outside of that business. And so with this course, we're really hoping to help these entrepreneurs not only like build a thriving business, but also making sure that they're doing it in a way where they're delegating when it makes sense and where they're like taking care of their like mental health and well-being so that they can really make that dream sustainable for themselves in the long term. Izzy Haywood manages Spruce Roots Southeast Alaska Business Competition. She spoke with Coast Alaska's Angela Denning. Registration for the spring session closed this past weekend, but registration for the fall session will open in August. Some friendly competition can go a long way to make students love learning. The National Ocean Sciences Bowl proves that. This year, Juno's three high school teams swept the Alaska region's Quiz Bowl-style competition in Seward. 
and they picked up research skills and plenty of obscure ocean facts along the way. KTOO's Anna Canny has more. In a science classroom at Juno Douglas High School, a few empty pizza boxes are stacked on the lab bench. The smell lingers as students sit with their thumbs resting on buzzers, waiting for Shannon Easterly's next question. Which of the following animal phyla can be considered the most successful in terms of abundance, diversity, and... <laughs> Interrupt to Jack. Arthropoda. Arthropoda is correct. Yeah. We learned that. We know that. Everybody knows that. This is their first practice after a big win at Alaska's Tsunami Bowl in Seward earlier this month. It's the statewide ocean sciences competition hosted by the University of Alaska Fairbanks. This year, it was a Juno sweep. All three teams won top spots in their division. Freshman captain Carson Carley said he was surprised by his team's victory. He said competing in Seward felt different from practices. Right after school, when you're very tired and kind of like out of it, and you have the A team sitting right there, you barely buzz in. So it can feel kind of like you don't know anything. In the heat of competition, that changes. It really shows that you're actually learning stuff and you're actually like starting to become kind of a scientist-ish. In Seward, the students also had a chance to meet researchers and professionals from around the state. Senior Jackson Schwartig has competed at the Tsunami Bowl for three years. He says it's one of the reasons he's decided to study environmental science at college next fall. It's just like kind of opened my eyes to that whole side of things. There's like so many different careers that I never even knew about that you can do in oceanography. Research is another key piece. This year's theme was on mariculture development in Alaska, and Juno's teams presented original research papers and presentations on the topic. Coach Shannon Easterly says the research is her favorite part. The buzzer is fun, but that paper writing and then the opportunity to actually practice public speaking and present your own research to a crowd of not just your peers, but adults from all over the state is really valuable as they move forward in life. Shelby Serdike is a science teacher and a co-coach. She says that the Science Bowl attracts students who might not have an interest in ocean science initially. Some join because their friends join. Others join for a small bribe of extra credit in science class. Even if they don't feel motivated by the competition, just to enjoy the process of learning and discover that they love science, I think is a huge reward. And Easterly says the Ocean Science Bowl gets students to stick with STEM education. Tuesday's practice was proof. They didn't even tell them there would be pizza. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they came anyway. A team of the top students will go on to compete against teams from across the country at the National Ocean Sciences Bowl competition next year. In Juneau, I'm Anna Canny. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. This is more.